Are you creating a one-dimensional business plan that generates a whole lot of doing and zero being? This is Lena Ski, hostess of the Supernova podcast, and this is your weekly invitation to greatness. An invitation to transform, an invitation to be the purpose-centered entrepreneur that you know yourself to be. So welcome to the Supernova podcast. It is so great to have you on the call. Thank you for having me, Lena. And it's so great to tune in with somebody all the way from Australia. Oh, terrific. Yes, <laughs> we're on the opposite side of the globe, aren't we, really? Wherever we are in the world, there's a message that needs to be heard. Exactly. And there's only one current of ocean between us, too. We don't have any big land masses between us. So. Exactly. <laughs> really so nice. it's just, yeah. Mm. <laughs> almost almost neighbours. Just yeah, very yeah. far off. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. One of the things I wanted to chat about, I've been seeing it a lot with, with entrepreneurs coming up. And the theme for the last couple of podcasts has kind of been moving beyond mediocrity and stepping out of that space that we all know as our comfort zone and still every now and then through networks or through social media or through through the tribes that I connect with we still find entrepreneurs who are constantly trying to figure out the doing part of it and they're sitting there umming and eyeing at all the different opportunities that they can go into but they're not really embracing this whole sacred business idea and they're not actually grounding it for themselves mm, mm, yeah yeah i know exactly what you mean by that yes and it's almost i don't want to say hilarious because it's not but it's almost interesting to see because they're constantly going into what should i be doing and they're constantly in the headspace trying to rationalize all of these things meanwhile they're saying exactly what they need to be doing but there's a, such a disconnect between doing and being mm. And I think the sacred feminine energy is such a grounding energy. I mean, it brings together those masculine doing structures with that being flow, but it takes it to a whole different level. Can you just speak into that a little bit? Sure, sure. Um, so, yeah, I see that a lot too, that, that a lot of um, women entrepreneurs get stuck on the do the doing part what do I do but but how do I do this how their, their how-to is is unclear and I think you're right in saying that the beingness comes first so the place that I will always steer someone towards if they're not sure of the how-to they're not sure of what to do next they're, they're overwhelmed and swamped with this to-do list and they don't really know how to be discerning about what particular item on their to-do list will give them the most um, traction leverage um, you know progress or momentum um, and where I would normally always steer someone if they were feeling that way is back to the essence of why first mm. so we, we, we always key into why did we start this business why did we want to actually head in this particular direction for what purpose is this particular direction revealing itself to us and when we get in touch with our why it generally we would hope to steer that coaching conversation to our what mm -hmm. so the why you know behind our action and then 
what is it that we are intending to create? And the what anchors it in the physical world. So our why is almost an esoteric concept. It's like a divinity being expressed through us that wants to either leave its legacy, perhaps it wants to actually um, create a more fulfilling or a more sustaining world for us in some way. And then with our what, we're tending to start looking outward in a more masculine approach towards the actual physical creation. So the why to me is very much that feminine internal reflection of the essence of of why we're actually in business in the first place. And then when we turn things to the what and we see exactly what it is that we need to create, that the how-to turns up almost magically Mm. on its own without us having to stress about which item on the list we need to do. That how-to becomes very clear when we're clear on our why and what first. And we only tend to run around in circles if we're not clear on our why or we've lost contact with our what. That's my belief. Just grounding it in the why is going to answer so many more questions than the hows and the whats could ever do that for you. Because we're all looking to create something bigger and something more meaningful and purposeful, especially as purpose-centered entrepreneurs. And without knowing where it is that we're going, what it is we want to be creating, then we're just kind of creating a one-dimensional almost business plan, which just lives on paper. It's, it has no organic nature about it. It's not allowed to be able to be, really breathe in and, and step into life in a real meaningful way because it mm. is just so blur. Mm. Yeah, nice analogy. It, 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 lacks, it, it lacks the soul and the substance of the life force itself that gives us our purposefulness. Mm. You know, our purposeful nature is one that is always, always striving to express divinity to express itself through us, mm. you know, whether that's through grace, through art, through music, through movement, or through our actions, our purposeful actions in our business, um, that that is always longing to express itself through us. And and, and I think that really that you're right um, to have a, a one-dimensional business plan is a little bit like the whole goal-setting um, exercise that mm-hmm. we know miserably fail <laughs> for people <laughs> when they make their New Year's resolution because they do not have the feeling state and the desire state behind that goal. And I think uh, an author I really admire for her ability to capture that the essence of that so so vividly and strongly and powerfully is, is Danielle Laporte and her mm. book The Desire Map yes. and her you know her insights into how desire itself is is like the fuel of the universe and often a goal will show us an end outcome that really doesn't have the same level of feeling to it than the actual desire behind the goal itself. Yeah, because very often we're, we're chasing goals, thinking that they're going to give us these end results. But if mm. we don't know what the end result is, then we're just floating away, chasing yes. random things. The great thing about something like that as well in business is it teaches you that there's more than one way to do it. So if you're wanting to make money, then you start seeing it not just about creating a mailing list and doing these next 10 steps, but you start kind of going into a more organic 
sacred zone where opportunities start to rise up and you start to meet those moments. Mm, yes, yeah, I love that. Going into that more organic mode of being in the zone where synchronous opportunities start to actually flow towards you because you're actually vibrating in that state of being that really does, um, if we were to look at like attracting like, when you're in that zone, you are actually a very powerful magnet for the opportunities that are also mooted in that zone. Mm. And that is a, a fantastic um, and beautiful side effect. It's a blissful side effect, actually, of us finding our bliss. Oh, definitely. So, Lisa, as somebody who does this work and as somebody who coaches other people to step into the space as well, how have you kind of seen it evolve either for your clients or for yourself? Mm, sure. Um, look, I think the absolute primary essential practice to have for the beingness to be potent and charged with the infinite nature of, of possibility is for us to have a daily emptying out practice or process. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is that we allow ourselves to actually tune into the spaces in between matter. Mm. Yeah. And we allow ourselves to release and expel and exhale the busyness of the mind and observe the mind, which, which for me, I, I feel that a regular meditation practice is where I'm able to really charge myself back into source and allow my sense of spaciousness and my sense of arriving into my full presence is given the best possible chance of actually being able to then move through me and move through my business. So what I see in clients a lot, Lena, is this sense that, that they often arrive at this 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 interesting phrase I hear a lot, which is, oh, I just need to get out of my own way. I just need to stop getting in the way of this thing. I know exactly what wants to come through me, but I just keep getting myself in the way. But we and do I that. That's <laughs> exactly what we do. <laughs> we do. And with an emptying out practice, what I see that as is an opportunity for us to relax and surrender into the impulse of the life force itself and to allow the ego, which is almost barricading itself against the, the you know, the divine expression, because the ego is frightened of being annihilated by mm. that force that comes through us. It, it's frightened that we're not going to be enough, we're going to be too much, we're going to be, you know, measured in some way, we're going to be judged. Whatever the ego is frightened of, it will barricade itself because that force is so potent and it's so strong that it will really do its best to prevent us from moving outside the comfort zone by making us feel incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> and it's so, ironic, well, isn't it? Because... If we, if we move out of that zone and we actually get to experience the things that our ego wants to experience. Yes, yes. It's just yes, a false security that we're, we're living in. It is, isn't it? But I think the paradox there is that 
the ego almost requires placating and cajoling in a sense that it will, in fact, be annihilated, you know, in the process of us going into full self-realization. And But the very fact that the ego is aware of that movement gives us a, a little window of opportunity to gently manage our ego in a very conscious, aware way. So however we encourage our clients to do that, I mean, I, I love using neuro-linguistic programming techniques to do that. But I also feel that when we meditate regularly and when we have a meditating practice where we actually allow ourselves to get very quiet and very still and very spacious, we're absolutely giving the ego an opportunity to see that everything's going to be okay, that we are in fact being supported towards that benevolence rather than it's not a it's not a dangerous thing for us to actually proceed into the wilderness. We're not going to be eaten by wild lions. You know, we mm-hmm. are in fact going to be able to continue to feel the the nourishment of the stillness and the source itself as we walk out into our heroine's journey. And I think that's so important for the ego to want to, to have that sense of feeling safe in that particular way, um, you know, like a small child would, that we give it reassurance. So there's so many powerful points you just brought up there. I was like, oh, goodness, where to start? <laughs> but, but I think the, the one that I kind of just really wanted to highlight because it kind of sums up that that first part of the conversation we had is that being in practice space because it is so powerful to just have that space to not react to anything but to actually be able to respond to what really needs to be happening and if you can give yourself that moment to just tune in through meditation and thereafter just what really needs to be happening right now your business Mm. can elevate to so many different levels and that to-do list that we first started off with, you end up seeing a completely different to-do list come out of this experience and it's so much more aligned and it's so much more powerful and it's maybe three points and you're able to really just rock your nerva moving forward through the day. Oh, I love it. I just love it. And you know what I really think happens for people too is – they actually start to look outside to the gurus and the mentors and the coaches and they create their to-do lists from the external, which is a masculine outward-facing focus. Mm. And being able to rein back into your inner guidance system and your intuition, which does require that regular immersion in stillness to, to re- for us to really sense into our navigation system that we have our deep bone wisdom that knows exactly what the divine needs and requires of us, that ability is almost, it's very paradoxically being challenged and lost in this move towards information technology and the new age of information but what I truly believe Lena is that we're moving from the age of information overload to the age of transformation and it's the women who are in fact able to really sense into their internal wisdom their inner wisdom they're not the ones looking outside at what everyone else is doing they're they're really self-determining by 
keying into what it is that their internal and intuitive wisdom is, is telling them to do next, they are the true game changers on the planet right now. They are the ones that will actually step into the leadership roles. And we see them because they are very unique lights amongst the many beige, you know, internet marketers out there. Mm. <laughs> if that makes sense. They oh, stand sure. out. They stand out. <laughs> Especially when they're not trying to conform to the, the man's world and the, the man's way of doing it. And that mm-hmm. pushing and pulling and all those techniques and tactics. I, I, I almost get sick to my stomach when I get a new email saying, this is a new tactic that you need to do. And it's almost like, oh, really? Like, we really yes. just need to be grounding on, like, what's actually going to work? And that mm. everyone's a unique individual and it's going to be mm. so subjective, even though there are best mm. practices out there. Totally. I really, um, I, I understand what you're saying. And, and the, the, fir- the fastest path to us losing ourselves and losing our authentic and aligned direction is to continually refer to that outside world for answers and mm. yeah I, I believe that you're right that um that when we hear those words um, tactics and techniques and tools we need to be very, very careful that they are balanced with our own internal sense of what's actually right for our life and our business at this particular time and of course it can go too much the other way where we're just so internally focused that we don't seek the help that we need and we don't actually have the guidance you know that we we require so we need to find a very very gentle balance between those two factors of the outward and the inward focus the masculine and the feminine within us Mm. And speaking into all those paths and journeys and adventures comes what you just mentioned a little earlier, which is the heroine's journey. Can you speak into that? Because I think it's such a powerful model and and people don't realize that we're, we're all actually living this model. We're all actually in the story. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing because every single one of us can find a part on the heroine's journey that might correlate or relate to where she's been or where she's currently at so I use it constantly in my coaching because it really does apply to almost every single one of us in business Um, I I can't even think of an exception so the heroine's journey um, it starts with this the refusal of the call (laughs) so it's um, not a great place to start really (laughs) but it's (laughs) And of course, this journey is based on the hero's journey by Joseph Campbell, and I've just, um, my, I've just, you know, relabeled it the heroine's journey to suit the fact that my women, my clients are all women, mostly women. Mm-hmm. Um, and that first refusal of the call is something we might all relate to because there's a stirring in us, and it's often there from a young age that that stirring is. Um, you have a mission to fulfill. You, you know, you made an agreement before you took your physical human form that you would actually do something on this planet and or, or, or with your life. And you, um, it, it's quite frightening to admit this mission because if you admit to it out loud and if you listen to its yearning, you perhaps will need to take responsibility for it. Mm-hmm. So a, a lot of people resist that calling. Some people take it up, you know, from a young age and, and they're the brilliant people that we see stepping right into purpose very young. But 
for those of us who have refused it a few times, sometimes we need to then go through a crisis or a challenge of some sort that will awaken us to finally say yes. So we finally say yes. And often that means we start our business, we decide to commit to the, our purpose, and we have a very strong sense that this is what I'm meant to be doing. Mm. But what often happens next on the heroine's journey is that the trials and tests and tribulations and friends and allies start to appear the moment we have our conviction. And this is so fascinating when we see this in business as coaches, which you might have seen also, is that this is often when a crisis ensues. <laughs> <laughs> You purposely put, put the, you get in your own way, let's just say that. You get, yes, yeah. You put your flag in the sand and you say, this is what I'm committing to and your husband leaves and your dog dies and your friend turns out to totally disagree with the path you're taking and the crisis, you know, the tests and the allies are quite severe in a way for a lot of people. And they don't realize that that's part of their journey. And that actually in those tests often comes some of the divinely ordained anointments or gifts that they really need to keep going on that path, actually. And that they wouldn't be going on that path if it wasn't for some of those trials and challenges and tests and allies to really strengthen their character. Mm. Uh, and I find that really fascinating in this modern age too because I think we're being um we're now seeing a new generation of youth coming through who possibly have an entitlement sense that they don't need to go through any kind of hardship in order to reap the rewards mm. of their journey yeah and so as in a, I mean I'm 42 this year and I believe that as a as an as an elder to some of the younger generation that are coming through one of my roles as a mentor and coach is to very gently encourage this sense of civic duty and, and, and moral obligation that we have towards our own soul's journey to experience a deepening and widening of our character through this process of facing our challenges and facing our, our fears and, our, and really stepping into our courage so that we can then get to the next stage of our heroine's journey. And that next stage is an exciting one because that is where we then start to actually have the spiritual epiphanies about what it is that we are here to actually do in the fullness of it, mm. even despite those challenges being perhaps some... Um, we, we see them as stepping stones to that spiritual um, awakening that we experience when we do step into our mission fully. And then I think the next part of the challenge is then how do we bring those anointments and those gifts and those epiphanies into an economically, pragmatically sustainable form using our human nature? So how do we you know, uh, integrate our spiritual nature with our human nature to create this idea, this this gift into a sustainable concept through our business. Which is always a big question for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, a massive question. A, a big, a, another stumbling block, I guess you could say, for some. But if they're constantly reminded of their why, which is what we visited earlier in the conversation, then that why um, is also comes from that earlier part in their journey where they realize why they're here. You know, why are they here? Why did they take this human life with these sets of circumstances to test and challenge and support them? And what are they creating through that challenge? So that that next part of the journey where they're integrating their spiritual gifts and actually giving those gifts to the world, that becomes a more, um, it's like a sacred um, permission to go into action mode with the full support and awareness of the why and the what behind you. And I think that's where we can also get, you know, where people get stuck because they want to just enter straight into the how-to zone. Mm -hmm. They want to go there straight away and, and not really do that internal work that is just so very essential to catalyze the process into its most potent form. I had a, a, an example of that. Um, I was coaching some, some third years at a local audio college and the assignment that I was called in to help them with was to mm-hmm. develop a business plan. And oh, wow. being a room full of guys, they were really stuck on the how because that's a very masculine thing and, yeah. and all of that. I'm like, well, does anybody know the why of why they're here and what is it that they really <laughs> want to be doing? Because maybe we need to know that if we're starting a business. And yeah, you know, to, to get them thinking about, oh, okay, what is it that I actually want to be creating and doing was such mm. a big mind shift because it's just like, but how's oh. it going to work? And do I need to register PDY Limited or do I need to go mm-hmm. um, an Inc. or which is more known as an mm-hmm. LLC company or, you know, and taxes mm-hmm. and this? I'm like, I don't even know what your business is. Like, I don't even know what it is you're called to do and why it is you're called to do it and, like, what's your unique contribution. Mm. Until we answer that question, this, Nothing this else matters. is just fluff. Yes, it's interesting, isn't it? Because um, from the masculine paradigm that we've been raised in, their conditioning and their education and the whole education system, you know, is geared towards us knowing those pragmatic structures first. Mm-hmm. And so no wonder the, the poor things are confused. <laughs> no wonder they're confused. <laughs> Lucky to have a coach like you, Lena. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Well, back to the, the heroine's journey. Where do they go to next from, from, from that mm. space? Mm-hmm. So once they've come into that place of being able to discover how to integrate their divine nature into their pragmatic um, way of delivering and, and way of service, then comes the ultimate rewards for their commitment and that reward generally is a legacy of some sort that has a ripple effect that lasts way beyond what their physical life will last. And what I love about the women that often come for coaching with me is that they know their legacy first. Mm-hmm. They, they know that part first. They know that 
they want to leave something of the world in a better place, something of this world in a better place than what they found it. And that is almost like the end point of arrival that we can reverse engineer from sometimes. So it's almost like the final what that Mm. we can, you know, gain some more clarity about our how-tos by reverse engineering from that pinnacle point of saying, well, this is what it would look like if I was to be fully realized in my heroine's journey. This is what it would look like if I did see those challenges and trials through and I did actually face the fears. And the tricky part is that often on this journey, we also don't really know more than a few steps ahead of us because sometimes that divine outcome is far greater than what we could ever have imagined. Mm. So, you know, whilst I love working with the big visionaries and people with these massive, massive visions, they often don't, they're often shocked at how big things turn out to be for them when they do work out, even bigger than they could have conceived or maybe different to how they conceived but better Mm. in some way than they could have imagined. And that's always a beautiful thing. I love that fact that we're being even more rewarded than we could possibly imagine. As each of us deserves to for the work that we're doing. Exactly. Yes, yes. Yes, and I think that that is where a coach or a mentor or a support person can be so, so priceless is because often on the heroine's journey, it does require us to surrender and trust and have faith that whilst we may not see more than a few steps ahead, if we're really true to that impulse in us, if we really connect with that regularly and we really trust and have faith, then the outcome will in fact be a benevolent outcome. And I think that's just the ultimate test of faith really is mm. to know that, you know, we don't we don't really know. We don't really know what's at the end of the rainbow. But we can have a lot of um a lot of reassurance by the fact that we are on track. Of course. And I think also the other thing to consider with the heroine's journey is we're constantly moving forward one step at a time. So it's not like we can just skip all the way through to the reward section of it. But Mm. with the work that we've already done, because we are multidimensional beings, we can have a part of us that's refusing the call while while we're in another place. So there's constantly so many different elements of us being taken on this journey and on this path in so many meaningful ways i love it yes yes we're never not on the path we're just either more aware of it or less aware of it that's my belief that Mm -hmm. we are still living our destiny but when we're living it with full awareness it's almost like we've decided to turn the light on in a really magnificent palace And we can choose to spend our life in the front room, which is really small and boxed in and really limited in its scope. Or we can choose to really work with awareness and really work with consciousness itself to turn the lights on in that palace and really see 
what we have available to us mm. a lot more than what we often have been able to see. For sure. And, and, and with that, we get to be in the palace of our own creation and we get to see wealth in such new dynamic ways that we never would have comprehended beforehand. Mm. I, I use the term um, soul wealth for to describe that. And it's that wealth that is so multidimensional that comes from our conscious intention and our awareness around the multidimensional nature of who we are, that that wealth is, is not obviously purely monetary wealth. It's a wealth that has come from living a life that's true you know, to our hearts and living a life that's aligned with our natural talents and gifts and living a life that's honest and that is courageous because honesty and truth takes a lot of courage Mm -hmm. and that that brings a level of wealth which nobody could ever take from us. You know, it's not something we possess, it's actually something we are. And, um, and I love that, that the world, you know, people are awakening to their capacity to create wealth in that way because I truly believe that's what will save the planet. <laughs> I, I think if we can all be true to, to that impulse, then we are not looking outside ourselves with this greedy sense of what can I grab in return for my efforts, you know? <laughs> mm. I think what you just said right now is just so powerful because I can almost hear collectively as people will be tuning into this podcast, people saying, yes, sign me up for Soul Wealth, sign me up for the palace of my creation and all these things. And the house coming in, you know, full throttle, everyone's going, but how do I, am I going to do it? And like, what's the template? Because we're so conditioned <laughs> to do that. It's yes. just a natural trigger to go, oh, but how? And yes. I think the invitation is to whoever's listening right now to just look at your feet, look at where you're standing, look at where you're sitting, whatever it is you're doing while you're listening to this, and just to realize that you're already there. Mm-hmm. You're, yes. you're, you're, as you were saying, you already are that. You just need to get out of your own way and step into yourself. Beautiful. That's y- the only yes. thing you need to do. <laughs> That's the mm-hmm. only doing action that we all need to do. Mm-hmm. We need to arrive, you're right, we need to look at our feet, we need to be completely here and now. We allow all else to slide away, past and future. We maintain full and complete focus and presence and we earnestly take those steps with all of our heart and all of our soul in that direction. And that and I don't even like using the word direction because <laughs> beingness is not a direction, but we will be facilitated and directed where we're meant to be, especially when we're, a, when, when we're staying true to that purposeful action that arises from full presence. Mm. Well, as we wrap up, is there any last message that you would love to share with the Novas out there? Sure. Um, I, I think the biggest message I would have for you about courage is this ability for you to really show up in the fullness of who you are. I, I understand that takes courage, but the courage comes from 
your ability to allow your own self-consciousness and ego to relax into the fullness of the moment itself. And I really wanted to reinforce what you just said, Lena, which was the fact that just by being here and being fully present, you are exactly where you're meant to be. And if you can bring the quality of that attention to everything that you do, your life will start to change in miraculous ways because when we're fully present, the ego, the getting in the way, the self-consciousness itself starts to actually slide away and we become more and more practiced at doing that and as we do that, we become more and more a more and more expanded version into who we really are, which is is really the divine, you know, life force itself coursing mm. through us. So, I think that's every single one of us has access to that, and to me, that's so exciting because one of the main things Sacred Women's Business stands for is equality for all beings, and we have equality in that space of full presence. Every human being, no matter what your circumstances are, you have equal access to the divine. Mm-hmm. You have as much access to the divine as a guru who's been meditating in a cave for 20 years by just being fully present in this moment. And that's a very simple thing that we lose sight of, but it's a very, very powerful thing. That it is. Wow. And the greatest invitation in all of that is to just allow yourself to be nourishing so you can create that nourishing business and that soulful, purposeful, supportive business. Because if you're not that for yourself, then how are you going to create a business that's that? Oh, that's beautiful, Lena. I love it. I love it. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lisa, it's been so great chatting to you and taking this conversation to even deeper levels. It's been great, hasn't it, to meet up again. Thank you for your your very precious and, and very deserving time. And I'm really grateful, Lena, for the opportunity to chat with someone who, who really who really speaks my language. Thank you. Well, this is the conversation in the language that we all need to be speaking. So it's now about getting it out there. Yay. 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 <laughs> To find out more about igniting more authentic experiences in your life, head on over to www.lenaski.com. And if you sign up for the newsletter, you'll not only get an exclusive guide to Get Up and Go Go, a guide to making things happen, but you'll also get front row tickets and discounted tickets to the launch of my new online course. How to market yourself authentically. So head on over to www.lenaski to find out more.